Thank you. Oh, there we go. There we go. Um, it's, I'm enjoying the Florida autumn. <laughs> Friends, it's really good to be with you this morning. And one of the things I'm so aware of is that we come into church from a week of many things. You'll notice this morning that Michael is not here because he's not well. So we pray for he and Janice that he will be restored and fit and healthy this week. And so he's not chilling on the beach somewhere. Um, although we wish he was chilling on the beach somewhere, um, he and Janice, but he's not well. So we pray that God's recovery is upon his life. Lisa's away taking some vacation time with her family. And so part of us have had like wonderful weeks and then some of us have had some really tough times. I've had the privilege in this week of praying with hope and many of you will know Pastor Alphonse and he passed away. But I tell you, to be with a person reaching eternity in such a place of celebration is an amazing gift. And so sometimes we think that we... We just worship, and sometimes our hearts are not focused on eternity, and yet when we cross over to, to heaven to know that our souls are settled. And so that was a real, real privilege for me to be with them over the last few days. And so we come remembering those that are grieving, remembering those that are chilling in the beach, and remembering those that are struggling as we bless one another. So won't you stand with me, please? And let's just be silent as we gather ourselves before worship. Well, God, you remind us in the scriptures that when two or three are gathered in your name, you are present. You are present amongst us today. As we come to you with our whole being to worship in spirit and in truth, we pray, Lord God, that the presence of your Holy Spirit would be here today. And so now we come to our, our call to worship. To come together is a gift. And Jesus has invited us to come. Let us receive this gift with gratitude, responding in grateful worship. Offer your full self to God today. Know that he created this day for his glory. Enter into his presence. Sing, dance, give, pray, respond. All the glory for our great and beautiful God. Amen. Thanks, Dave. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a I'm ready. 
My little short legs just aren't fast enough to get up here. Good morning, everyone. What a beautiful way to start every Sunday worship service with song. Um, thank you, thank you to the band for just going off the cuff without Michael. You guys are amazing. And you too, choir. Love you. Love you. We come to a time now of of a prayer and I just ask that you quiet your souls and your hearts and bow your heads with me on this beautiful Sunday morning. Father God, here we are to worship you. Here we are to bow down to you, just as the song says. Lord of life, of love, of peace, of time itself, we stand in awe of your eternal presence and resurrection power. We open our lives once again to your involvement during our experience of Dunamis prayer. Make known to us your beautiful gift of prayer, Father God. Stifle our inner urges to place you up there and us down here. Release us from the desire to keep you at a comfortable distance. Come, Lord Jesus, as you sit in heaven, fully aware of our prayers. Be seated here on the throne of our hearts as we seek only your will to be done. We thank you for the gift of Jesus and of the prophets who continued to listen and call out the injustices of this world so long ago. The bridges that you continued to build were the everlasting kind gathering all nations to one kingdom, your magnificent kingdom. We gather today and call out the name of Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit would guide us in this next season of life. We also silently call out the names of those whom are on our hearts right now that we are praying for today, that they might feel your spirit around them now. Speak to us, Father God, as we sing songs and offer you our praises and guide us with the words of scripture that they may reverberate deeply within our souls and stir us, embolden us to go forward, seeking only your will. Comfort those who are suffering loss or sickness or broken relationships, how you must love us that we would have the ability to come together and worship this morning. And so we pray for those who have no church. We pray for all of the devastation of the recent storms and beyond. That together we will help to restore these places of worship and the brokenness of our world. Forgive us, Father, for our inability to allow you to rescue us through repentance Give us a new heart when we're challenged by the world's ways and, and make us one with you. Father, we pray all these things along with the prayer that Jesus himself taught us to pray so long ago by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, um, just as we were praying the Lord's Prayer, I was reminded so often that when we get to a moment of of not sure what to pray, we always have the Lord's Prayer. And so can I encourage you with that today, that this week, perhaps every day, pray the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but I can tell you it is the one place that really sets and settles our soul. Just having a look at what's happening in the life of our church, um, we're going to be receiving the offering now, so the stewards will wait upon us for our offering. And because we're incredible multitaskers, I'm going to talk while we do the offering. Is that okay? 
Um, a couple of things that are happening. You don't want to forget Let's Eat. I know that Quinn and the team are ready. He's even got his grandparents coming again to help him. Isn't that amazing um, that his grandparents are coming up? It is next week. Um, it was so much fun the last time, so please don't forget to join us for Let's Meet. We're in our, our, our stewardship month, and part of our stewardship month's focus is this is who we are. And so eating together is definitely who we are, and so you don't want to miss that. Serving in the pumpkin patch is definitely who we are. And I know that I've had a couple of emails and messages to say, like, won't you sign up with Sign Up Genius if you can? But if not, don't you want to speak to Jeff? And if not, just go down to Pumpkin Charlie and he'll write you up. Um, and he's got this special blue box, like a, like a cooler box. There's nothing illegal in that box, let me just tell you. <laughs> but there's all sorts of wonderful ways that he makes you feel um, very welcome. So please, won't you, um, won't you sign up and just serve? I know they are looking for people, and Jeff can sign you up. And then we're having a whole bunch of fun in the next couple of weeks. We have Let's Eat next week. We then have a trunk and treat. I've never done that before, okay? So I don't even know what that is. That is brand new for me. But I can tell you, I can see the excitement. So you don't want to miss that. And then there is the amazing following week where we we're going to have the crafts fair. I hope I'm right. Is that what it's called? The, yes, it's right, Lucy. Um, I can't wait to see. I have a sneak peek at what's going on behind there in the back. That's going to be amazing. And then we do have the fall festival. I know Dawn is looking for people to volunteer. So there's a lot of stuff happening in the next couple of weeks. And it is a time for us to also reflect on our time, what we're going to give to the church of our talents, and what we're going to give to the church of our treasure. And so we will have an opportunity in the next couple of weeks to really think about that and pray about that. Um, if you are joining us in our, our time of prayer, that is wonderful. If you're still looking for a book on dynamite prayer, you can get one from Anne. And so should we receive the offering now? Let's pray together, Lord God, for the gifts that have generously come into this church, faithfully, month after month, week after week, in the offering plate, those that have been sent via post, those that have been directly deposited into our account, behind the dollars and cents are people's lives people's prayers, people's faithfulness. We honor all the gifts that you have entrusted to us to steward. And we pray, Lord God, that we will be good stewards of all that you give us in our lives and in this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, before we have a moment of celebrating in a hymn, I'm going to invite Ginny and Angela to lead us for a bit. Ginny, what are you going to do with this backpack? I have a great mission to do. I'm on a mission. You know, I've got all kinds of goodies in here. I've got to go out and serve and find places to serve. I've got a checkbook. Good. Let's see what okay. else is in this box. Let me see. You know, Zell doesn't work everywhere. You know. <laughs> and I've got some water. The living water? Yeah. For Jesus well, Christ. Well, there's a need. I'm Amen. sure these hot summers. Well, they're fall now. And Lucy gave me a card for Meals on Wheels. I'm sure I can share that with somebody on the way. Of course you can. And um, I got a golf ball. You know what that's for? It's a golf classroom. I gotta share I gotta practice. And um, oh yeah, some of us are painting rocks and we're getting into heart to heart ministry, so I'm gonna share it with other people in the community to love them, know love them. The rock of Jesus. Yeah. And look at this. Do you remember Brownies and Girl Scouts? 
I mean, we can always find ways to volunteer with them. They're always looking for people to help and sell cookies. Exactly. You know, Bernie likes to mix. Yes. <laughs> and um, I've got a prayer book. You know, sometimes you're just at a loss for words, but you can pray with someone and you have a prayer intact. And, oh, I brought a list of all the groups that meet at the church, like AA, Al-Anon, Sunster, so I can tell people about that. Let's see. I got more down here. Oh, yeah. I have some fabric for craft crew. for leading us in that. So, and so that is going to be next week. We're going to see in the next two weeks what's happening in the life of the church. And don't forget today, after the service, we do have a meeting for the first fruits. And so there is a lot going on um, as we celebrate what God is doing in our community. Let's come to God now and worship as we prepare for his word. When you get lost in the hymn and then you realize it's coming to the end, it's like, oh, I gotta run now. Good morning. I'm going to warn you in advance. I'm trying something a little new here. We're gonna see how it goes. We hope it goes well. I'm using my iPad instead of paper. I'm trying to be a good steward of the environment. 
because I can go through a lot of paper. Our scripture this morning comes from Acts 20, verses 32 to 38, and this is the time that Paul is on his third journey, and he is toward the end of this journey, and he is speaking to the leaders of Ephesus. Hear these words. And now I commend you to God and the message of his grace, a message that is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or clothing. You know for yourselves that I have worked with my own hands to support myself and my companions in all of this. I have given you an example that by such work we must support the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, for he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had finished speaking, he knelt down with them and he prayed. There was much weeping among them all, and they embraced Paul and kissed him, grieving especially because of what he had said, that they would not see him again. Then they brought him to the ship. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us have ears to hear. So here's what's happening. Paul has begun this third journey, and this is toward the end of the journey. He's called the people of Ephesus to come and meet with him, and um, they're meeting with him in Miletus, and he wants to encourage them. He wants to tell them about what they have done and to remind them of all the amazing things that have happened in his time at Ephesus. He's actually been with them two and a half years, which was a really long time. They've done ministry together. They have cried together. They have prayed together. They have built churches together. They have connected peoples in places and ways that could not be imagined, and they have served alongside each other. But see, this meeting is Paul knows he's being called elsewhere and the Spirit is leading him to Jerusalem. And so he also needs his leaders to know that they are to carry on. And he's telling them that this is the last time we're going to be together face to face. See, Paul also was a follower of the Spirit. He knew his purpose. He knew his call. He followed God above all other things, and he ran a good race. He tells them that they must press on, that they are called by Jesus to serve God and to continue the mission and ministry that has been begun there. And he also assures them that he feels like that his purpose is done. So this is sort of the history of how we got to this, this message of Paul sharing with those leaders and also charging them that they must move forward, that they must care for the people, that they must be on guard. Earlier in the scripture, before we get to verse 32, he tells them in verse 28 to be on guard, to protect the church, not the building, not the structures, not the things, the people, the flock. They have to be protectors of the flock. They have to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world. They have to continue on their mission and purpose. They must be good shepherds and good stewards of what has been given to them. And in fact, Luke tells us to whom much is given as much is expected. And if you saw the church in Ephesus, you would understand that this is true for them as well. So what does this have to do with connection? I mean, really. Like, I've just given you the history of Paul and his ministry in Ephesus and what is going on here. But how is that connection? See, if you read the New Testament, one of the things that we share with um, students in confirmation is if we ask them a question, 66% of the time the answer is going to be Paul. In terms of the reading in the New Testament, in terms of the ministry in the New Testament, and things that have happened, if I ask you a question that's specific, it's probably Paul's journey. So we can then sort of surmise that everything in the New Testament has some connection to Paul in some way, statistically. But here's the thing that I would say for us. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. We are all connected in some way to each other eternally. So I want you to think about that for a minute because there's this um, fun game that can be played. 
Um, for those who may be a bit older in the room, if we have youth in the room, they have no idea who I'm getting ready to talk about. But there is this game called the Six Degrees of Separation from Kevin Bacon. Who's heard of it? If you are online, I want to see hands go up later when I go back to visit with you. Um, but so there's this thing that in Hollywood, everyone is connected within six relationships or acquaintances to Kevin Bacon. Either his work, his music, somehow they are connected. Well, it's not just a Hollywood thing, honestly. It is a psychology thing. So we are each connected to anyone in the world with six relationships or six acquaintances. Who believes this? Okay, about 50% of you agree with me. Okay, I'm gonna give you a fun one. So in 2008, there was an Olympics, right? And in 2008, I was fascinated by a particular event in this Olympics and a particular track and field athlete in this Olympics. And the name of the athlete was Usain Bolt. Gold tennis shoes, great story, Jamaican runner, right? Last week, I had a conversation with Pastor Jackie. And thank you, God, for this example. And she was telling me a story about going on a mission retreat trip with Usain Bolt's mom. So I have just given you an example that everyone in this room is within two degrees of separation of the fastest man in the world. Amen? <laughs> she did tell me that as well. He was running from his mom. <laughs> but, like, what an example, right? Of all the people you could pick out of the air, this happened to be a story that I seriously have followed. I loved watching his career. Like, it is just, it's just a heartwarming story. But then to have a conversation within a week of talking about connection that within two degrees, Usain Bolt? <laughs> and there's other ways we can see connection. So Hurricane Ian has transformed our world, right? And it didn't hit us on the East Coast, but that doesn't mean that it didn't affect us in the same way. We know what it's like to live through a devastating storm, right? We've been there. We, we know people that have been affected personally in this storm, right? We know churches and congregations and pastors and people personally. This is not just like, oh, this is a place. This is a place that we have connections to. I dare say there's not a person here that doesn't have a connection to the West Coast. And I promise you, within six degrees of separation, you have a personal connection to the West Coast. We have a personal connection to Cuba, who was also affected by this storm. In this church, we support two churches in the region most devastated. And these aren't just churches that are our pen pals. We've been there. We've visited them. We've met the congregations. We've ministered with them. We've been in connection. So you see, everything is about connection. We are all connected to each other. There's an experiment that you do, and Cindy knows this one. I should have had her bring one. But there's an experiment you do in, in, in grade school with a potato right? And the, the, the experiment with the potato is with a couple of wires and a light bulb. And if you do it right, the potato is the connection to the circuit that makes the light go on. And I explain this because I think it's really important to understand that when we are completely connected, when a circuit is completely connected, there is light. There is power in that connection. When we lose that connection, there's no light. There's no power. So only when we are completely connected to each other can the light shine in the world. 
Only when we are connected, truly connected to each other, do we make that circuit close where the light shines in the world. So I thought about some other ways that we're connected. And as a community of faith, we're uniquely connected in this community. Do you know that? So in Southwest Ranches, in this little light of our world, we are connected in ways that you could never imagine. We are connected because of the work that we do in the community in serving the least and the lost. So New Horizon and Nourishing Lives has a really unique relationship of connection in the community. And I don't know if as a whole, because lots have happened in the past two to three years, that we really realize what, that, what has occurred. One of the things that has occurred is that when people come here to serve, to donate, to volunteer, students, families, adults, students receive, everyone who comes here, they come to a church. And it's interesting in conversations that we have with all kinds of people who come here for different reasons, they refer to what they're coming to as they're coming to the church. Now think about that. The relationship that we have cultivated that came out of a youth group here that is part of the connection and the DNA of this church has now become this community outreach that we see as two entities that is one relationship in the community for most who show up. And it's beautiful. Like it's amazing to see how people come and they realize that this is a church. People come and they ask for prayer. There's one gentleman who comes here just to be prayed with. Glory and many have served in this outreach of coming and just to pray for people. Because when they come, they need more than food. They need to be nourished body and soul. So in the head, they may know that they got a message or they heard about nourishing lives somehow, some way, and they got here, whether it's to volunteer or to be part of an outreach event or whatever. But when they get here, they see New Horizon. They see a church. And remember, the definition is not the building. It has nothing to do with the building and the stuff. The connection to the church is a connection to the body of Christ and the love that comes from those who seek to serve God. That's the church. That's what we're tied to. So when people come to 5741 South Flamingo Road, it's not about the buildings or the pumpkins or the, what's in the parking lot or what's happening here today. It's about the love that surrounds them. It's about the connection that they get in the moment that they're here. It's about how they feel. Have you heard that it's not what you do for people, it's how you make them feel? The way that we make them feel is by sharing the gospel of Christ. And I gotta tell you, it's a really challenging dynamic. It's a really challenging dynamic because we are all connected. All of us are connected not just to New Horizon, not just to the communities that we serve, not just to the neighborhoods we live in, but when you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we are connected in a way that it matters how we behave. It matters how we behave with each other and with others because they connect that behavior with the church. Because the church is a body of relationships and a body of people who were charged, according to Paul, with the church in Ephesus to care for the flock. Now, I grew up in a small town. And Cindy knows this small town, so it's really interesting. We've had conversations because we realized we were connected in ways we never knew we were connected. And it happened in Athens, Tennessee, and other areas, Sweetwater, Tennessee, places that it doesn't make sense that we would have connections, but we did. So I grew up in Athens, Tennessee, and this was before internet and social media, just as a placement of time. 
the internet did not exist. In fact, there was no semblance. Nobody thought about the internet at that time. I was programming on a cassette tape in crazy computers and stuff like that. But when I was growing up, I was very aware of the way that we are all connected in a small town. If you have ever lived in a small town, you might understand the fact that often what happened in the evening when I was out arrived home before I did. My actions, my comings and going, and who I was with, and what I, what happened, what I had on, how I, you know. So there was no going out one way, changing clothes, and coming back. Because it would have been known. It would have been reported. But it taught me one thing very quickly. Never underestimate the connections we have with each other and what happens in those connections over time. There's also safety in that because we know we have each other's back, right? We know that we were taken care of. In my small town, I ran out of gas one day in the front of my house. Sad but true. Um, I literally had turned off and I was not even a block away. I was just in the other part of the yard. And someone stopped to help me. Embarrassed, I was like, no, it's fine. I live right there, it's awesome. But I mean, in those connections, we know that someone's going to help. Someone's going to serve alongside of us. Someone is going to come to the rescue. Someone is going to be there in prayer. Everything that happens, every relationship that we have, every connection that we have is a connection and a reflection of who we are in Christ. I'm going to let you sit with that for a minute. Because i got to tell you, that brought me to my knees. Every connection that we have, every relationship and interaction that we have, every communication that we have is a reflection of who we are in Christ. How we greet each other, how we treat each other, how we welcome, how we see each people, how we hear their stories, how we have time to stop in a moment or not. We are shepherds of the people that we are called to protect. And I'm using shepherd very loosely because it's often easy to say, oh, the shepherds are the people, the pastors, and those kinds of people. Jesus called us to go out and share the gospel. He didn't just call the pastors to go out or just call the elders to go out. He called everyone as disciples of Christ to go out. He sent the disciples out into the world. He has sent us out into our communities. So we are all shepherds of the resources. I think if Paul were speaking to us as a church, remember, a community of individuals who are lovers of Jesus Christ, sharing the message of the love of Christ into the world, not the buildings, not the places. He would have much of a similar message that he had to Ephesus. They had done so much. He was sharing to them, with them, all of the amazing blessings that he had seen and the things that they had done together. He also began his letter to them in prayer and he said these words, and I think that we could hear these words for New Horizon as well. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of all glory will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that makes God known to you. And I pray that the eyes of your heart will have enough light to see what is the hope of God's call, what is the richness of God's glorious inheritance among believers, and that what is the overwhelming greatness of God's power working among us. He also warned them of distractions of the world and getting off track and paying attention to things that weren't important in God's eyes. He warned them that God wanted to shower extravagant grace and inheritance among them if they could stay the course. This past week in our dynamite prayer journey, we've had a lot of amazing prayers. We began the week saying yes to God's future for us. We, we've embraced that we were sent with the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. 
We've prayed to see with new eyes and to be used for God's glory and extravagant grace in the community. We've prayed to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis transformation to guide us. And we've prayed for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. We have prayed that we would be reliant on God, that God's power, strength, and abundance would lead us. And so we've been praying this individually, collectively, as a church, and remembering all these things. So I think that comes with a warning, because if we are really all in in this prayer journey, and we're really with our whole hearts praying these prayers, you might want to hang on to your seat. Because what is about to occur, what is going to be um, poured out upon this mission and this journey could be bigger than we've ever imagined, could be things that we could never see with our own vision, but could only see with God's vision. <laughs> so giving and communicating, thank you, <laughs> it's not me. Giving in connection with our faith is a matter of heart. Giving of ourselves, giving of each, uh, our time, our talents, all of those things are a matter of heart. And Paul tells us that it's more blessed to give than receive. That was a message that he learned from Jesus. One of the things that I have learned, because someone has poured out extravagant love on me, is that I want every interaction that I have with people to be one that reflects love. If you've talked to me, this is not a new thing. This is how I try to live every day, and I fail at it often. But I really strive to greet people in love and grace, that they may know the extravagant love of Christ in any interaction that we have. And in fact, there are many things that I do and the way that I treat my gifts and abilities that are considered unwise. There are many things I do for my children that are considered unwise. But I can't help my heart in wanting to serve them and others in that way. And I think that's the desire of this body of Jesus followers, is to share and pour out your love on others so that they may feel and experience the extravagant love of Jesus and all that we do. For me, it's a compulsion to share. I think, and I know many of you, it's a compulsion to share. It's a compulsion for me to let others experience what I have experienced in, in unconditional love. That extravagant love of God, that extravagant love of Christ is transformative. It changes lives. It's not just a cool thing to feel on Sunday. It is something that changes the world. John Wesley put it like this. Do all the good you can in all the ways you can as often as you can for as long as you can. Paul shared with the church in Ephesus and he encouraged and he gave them warnings and he gave them information to go forward. You might wonder what happened over the next 30 to 40 years, and we have a little insight into that, into Revelation 2. And it was from Jesus, who reminded them not to leave behind their love of Christ. It is important to make sure we keep the main thing the main thing, that we keep the love of Jesus in front of all that we do that our giving and receiving is out of that extravagant love that we have received and a compelling desire to do more than we could ever imagine with the gifts that we have. In his last act with the leaders, Paul knelt down and prayed with them. So if you'd bow your heads and pray with me. God of grace and connection, show us your wisdom and grace. Restore any broken connections and guide us in our ministry for your kingdom. 
Abba, Father, help us to see beyond the walls that confine us. Connect us in community, connect us in grace, connect us as the body of Christ. Let us be as one. Let us serve as the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. Father God, let us say yes when you call us and send us with your power and authority. Give us new eyes to see as you see. Use us, O oh Lord, and show us your dunamis power. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Fill us with your power and strength. Fill us with the abundance that we may be the light in the world for the glory of God and all that we may meet. In Jesus' name, amen. Won't you please rise?
And so we get to live this week in a moment of celebrating the incredible sacred connections that God has given us, and we're out of the grave. So it is a wonderful week that we're going to have. And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God catch you when you can feel no hope. And may the power of the Holy Spirit be the very thing that shows you life in all its fullness this week. Have a wonderful week. And join us for some eats because it's raining. <laughs> Everyone, thank you so much to the worship team for leading us. Thank you.